Hello, and welcome to the Dr. Jocker's Functional Nutrition Podcast, the show designed to give you science-based solutions to improve your health and life. I'm Dr. David Jockers, doctor of natural medicine, chiropractor, and functional nutrition practitioner, and I'm the host of this podcast. I'm here to tell you that your body was created to heal itself, and on this show, we focus on strategies you can apply today to heal and function at your best. I'm excited about today's podcast, but before we jump in, I wanted to remind you to download this month's special gift at drjockersgift.com. From keto meal plans, smoothie recipes, to fasting quick start guides, we have a new complimentary gift every single month. To get your gift, simply visit drjockersgift.com. That's D-R-J-O-C-K-E-R-S-G-I-F-T.com. Thanks for spending time with me, and let's go into the show. I wanted to take a moment and tell you about one of my favorite companies, Paleo Valley. They make some of the world's best health products. And I really love their Essential C Complex, which is one of the only immune boosting products on the market that's made from whole food sources of vitamin C that your body can effectively absorb. You see, most vitamin C products only contain a fraction of vitamin C called ascorbic acid. This is the synthetic form of vitamin C, and it's often processed with GMO corn. With Essential C Complex, you get the full spectrum of vitamin C with all the additional nutrients, minerals, and bioflavonoids that make it so powerful in the first place, the way nature intended. Paleo Valley Essential C Complex contains three of the most potent sources of vitamin C on the planet, the unripe acerola cherry, the amla berry, and the kamu kamu berry. The acerola cherry alone is 120 times more potent than an orange. The daily recommended amount of vitamin C was decided upon based on the amount of vitamin C you need to not get scurvy, not really the amount you need for a stronger immune system. This is why Paleo Valley Essential C Complex contains 750% of your daily recommended value of vitamin C, completely sourced from nature so you can thrive, not just survive. You see, vitamin C is an extremely fragile nutrient, and it can very easily lose potency if it's not processed correctly. So Paleo Valley has worked with the most responsible manufacturers they could find to gently break down each of these fruits. And to guarantee no vitamin C was lost in the processing, they recruited a non-biased, third-party tester to confirm it contains the amount they put on the label. Because in times like these, when everything seems uncertain, your immune system shouldn't be. Paleo Valley Essential C Complex is non-GMO, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, dairy-free, and made with all organic superfoods. No fillers or flow agents that you'll find in most supplements. Nothing weird, just food. Check out paleovalley.com and use the coupon code JOCKERS, just simply my last name, JOCKERS, J-O-C-K-E-R-S, today to get 15% off your order. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Dr. Jockers Functional Nutrition Podcast, where we believe your body was created to heal itself, and you've got everything you need within you to heal, to become resilient, 
to become stronger and live the life that you, were, you deserve to live. And uh, we focus on nutrition. We focus on lifestyle. We focus on things you can do to optimize your health. And I've got my first repeat guest on today, Autumn Smith. She's amazing. You may have heard her in, a, in our previous interview, uh, just really, uh, I guess it was about two months ago or so. And we talked a lot about organ meats. We talked about the most nutrient-dense foods on the planet to get in your diet. So you can definitely check that interview out in our podcast archives. But today we're going to talk a lot about the immune system. We're going to talk about how important vitamin C is and things you can do to build your immune resilience. So um, Autumn, welcome to the podcast. And Autumn, just for those of you guys that don't know, she's got a master's in holistic nutrition, really, really sharp. And um, I just love, love conversing with her. So Autumn, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you, Dr. Dockers. Like I said, we're big fans of your work, and I'm just excited to be here to talk about one of my favorite topics, and that's vitamin C. <laughs> Makes me yeah. pretty nerdy, but I love it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's so important. And you've got this great company, Paleo Valley, which a lot of my listeners are familiar with. You guys make top-of-the-line products. You've got a great organ complex product, uh, your meat sticks, which I had a few of those yesterday. They're fantastic. And you also have this whole food-based essential vitamin C complex. We're going to talk more about that as we go in because vitamin C is so important. And obviously, you know, as we're doing this interview, at the time we're doing this right now, it's, it's in June. And, you know, our, our whole entire economy and society was shut down literally all over the world for like yeah. practically three months due to COVID-19. And so I want to know your thoughts on that. And, uh, you know, let's talk about things people can do to uh, make their body more resilient. Yeah, I'm excited to chat. And yeah, I mean, this has been an absolutely insane time. And for my family, we have been kind of in our little bubble. Of course, we're quarantining and we have our little um, routine we're doing and we have our supplemental protocol, which we can talk all about. But for us, it's been a lot about just going back to the basics and just eating really high quality food. And of course, taking in, you know, food-based nutrients, making sure that our sleep is dialed in. I even got this new thing called the Apollo Neuro. I'm not sure if you heard about that. Oh, oh okay. It's this really cool wearable device made by a um, neuroscientist and psychiatrist named Dr. Rabin. And it basically simulates safety in the body through touch. And so you have different settings you can use. And so our family cycles through that. We do the like rebuild and recover and we do the wind down at night. Um, and we're getting out into nature as often as possible and making special efforts to, of course, contact the people that we love via Zoom. I have a Friday night meeting with all the girls I grew up with and, um, you know, just making sure that we cover the basics. And I can go into a little bit more about the food we're eating and the supplements we're taking if you want. But for us, it's about, you know, apply a approach, just like covering all of the bases to wellness. Unfortunately, yeah, we're staying well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's so important. You talked a lot about some really critical things because when life gets stressful, um, you know, for most people, they don't really dial in their sleep. They stay up late. Yeah. They spend more time on social media. They watch the news, right? Um, they eat com quote unquote comfort foods, you know, that, <laughs> um, that aren't healthy for the body. So they do a lot of things. They stop exercising. You know, they, it's it's easy to go back into this place where you know we're 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 in a sense just trying to get information, you know, through social media, through the news, things like that. And we're staying up late and we're doing all these types of things. But obviously, that's wearing down our immune system, making us more susceptible. 
So yeah, I would love to know more about how you and your family are able to stay so disciplined. And uh, also, yeah, I'd love to know more about foods and supplements you guys are taking too. Yeah, I think the discipline just comes in through having a routine already. And as anyone will know who kind of tries to take in or like undertake a wellness program, it's not like overnight we were doing all of these 10 different things. It's one at a time. We're just like, you know, in adopting one habit and then moving on from there. And so, like I said, this has just been kind of like born out of a years and years of um, being really, really devoted to our wellness. And I think it's a lot easier right now to, you know, keep that as a priority. Um, and so there's that, of course, too. But basically in the morning, what we do is we wake up and we do gratitude. <laughs> this is our first thing, because I think that uh, it's really hard right now with all the stressors to remember um, how to have gratitude. And it just, for my little guy, he's five, his name is Maverick. And this weekend in particular, we could tell that this was all kind of getting to him. It was all sort of like kind of just emerging and his behavior was changing. And so we've just implemented that. And I'm telling you, I used to tell him, Mav, you got to be grateful. And that did nothing. But when I say Mav, let's talk about the five things you're grateful for today then something in him transforms and it transforms for the rest of us today. So we always start with gratitude. And then the next thing is we get outside and we walk our dog, right? Because we know nature is so important for our mental health and the sun getting in our eyes and setting that circadian rhythm. Like it's, it's the way, the first thing we do for our sleep at night is to get out and get outside in the morning. And then we come downstairs and we have a little wellness tonic and that's where our essential C complex comes in. So I take this and it's just all food based vitamin C. 90% of vitamin C's on the market are made from GMO corn and then they're processed with volatile acids. And so when I found that out as a holistic nutritionist, I knew that I had to do better. And so we did organic superfoods, omla berry and unripe acerola cherry and camu camu. And then we just put them in vegetarian capsules. Now for my little guy, he doesn't, he's not able to swallow capsules yet. So we just open it up, put it in a glass with a little drop of um, monk fruit usually, like uh, some organic monk fruit. And sometimes I'll even add our apple cider vinegar and our organ complex. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just because we know micronutrients are incredibly important for the immune system, as is vitamin C. And um, I don't know if you've heard this yet, Dr. Seneff, Dr. Stephanie Seneff, she's done yeah. a lot of research on glyphosate. And um, the thing that most fascinated me most recently was that she looked at apple cider vinegar containing some acetobacter bacteria. Maybe you can speak to this mm. that is able to break down glyphosate. And um, we've run tests on my Mav and um, to make sure, you know, his organic acid tests. And sometimes he has levels that are higher of, you know, pesticides. And so we definitely want to make sure that's in there as, as well. Sometimes I put a probiotic in there. We all know how important gut health yeah. is. And so sometimes um, I have a lot of things in the wellness tonic and I kind of do it intuitively based on his behavior and stuff. But, and then we have a really high quality protein centric breakfast for my little guy because we know that protein is going to keep him stable and grounded. Mm. And I feel like that's incredibly important right now. Of course, as high quality animal products as we can get, usually grass. -fed. So, so you're saying kids shouldn't eat a bowl of Cheerios <laughs> for breakfast. <laughs> Like I did. No, you know, oh, <laughs> I know I did that too. And what I noticed about my Mav is we've done this experiment. I let him have even, even something like oatmeal and, you know, a glass of orange juice or whatever 
good carbs, healthy carbs. It's just a different, the day unfolds differently for us because when the kids start with like, you know, blood sugar surge, they're coming down and mm. my Mav is very sensitive to that. And so am I. And so, yeah. And then it just starts that craving cycle and it's harder for him to self-regulate and keep stable emotions. So yes, we protect our breakfast. That's our number one strategy in this house. <laughs> Wellness tonic, sunlight, gratitude, protect your breakfast. That's how our morning goes. <laughs> that's a great way to start the day. That's for sure. You know, I, I yeah. do a lot of similar things. Uh, you know, I get up in the morning. I like to get outside. I oil pull in the morning. I don't know if you're familiar with Ooh. that, but I just put in some coconut oil. I go outside and I, and I ground and I stretch. So I usually get about five or 10 minutes just really stretching my body as much as possible while I'm grounded. And uh, this time of year, you know, with the sun coming up early, it's nice. I usually wake up around 6 a.m. So this time of year, the sun's out already. Like, so it's, it's, uh, it's beautiful. But uh, that's how I like to start. And um, yeah, just getting that early. It's always good. Like you guys were talking about getting out and taking a walk in the morning, getting movement and sun exposure. Most people don't realize that, but actually that helps set your circadian rhythm. And you mentioned it. You said, you know, we prepare ourselves for a good night's sleep by getting out in the morning and getting sun in the morning. Yes. So critical. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It's been really important. To, and I wanted to mention something too around oral care that I just learned. I'm sure. Are you familiar with the biocidin products? Yes, I am. Okay, yeah. cool. So yeah. we just got the dental side in and it's just like this really powerful herbal formula that we use in the morning. We just put a little bit on my little guy's toothbrush and then most of it's his other, you know, clean, uh, flavorful toothpaste. But uh, I feel really good about that. And also tongue scraping. Mm. Sometimes when we're feeling really ambitious, we also tongue scrape so that we can get rid of, you know, it's just what we do is take efforts to just decrease our body burden all those toxins that come out, if we can just eliminate them in the morning, then our body's not going to have to work so hard and not be so distracted so that our immune system can actually like hone in on enemy number one if that is um, what needs to happen. Yeah, I mean, it's so true. I, I think about it like a backpack. If you're going on a hike and you've got a backpack and if you've got a high toxic load or a high infectious load, right, it could be from your mouth. You might have infections in your mouth. It's like 100 pounds, you know, in that book bag. And if you're able to oil pull, tongue scrape, things like that, it's like you're dropping five, 10 pounds here and there. That makes a difference. That allows you to go longer, have more endurance. You know, you wear, you don't wear down as quickly. You're not as immune susceptible. So doing simple things like oil pulling, just put a little coconut oil in my mouth, swish it around for about 10 minutes and it helps grab up all the different endotoxins in my mouth, reduces the overall bacterial load because we have tons and tons of bacteria in our mouth. Yeah. So it helps reduce all of that. And I feel better. I feel cleaner. Um, you know, tongue scraping, I know that's great too, because a lot of these things can, can attach to the tongue and, um, you know, create a breeding ground. And a lot of people end up with even yeast overgrowth and things like that on their tongue. And uh, so that helps to remove that. Obviously, you know, we talk about brushing and flossing and flossing and using a good tooth toothpaste as well. And you were talking about the biocidin product. So some sort of antimicrobial type. Um, some people like charcoal or bentonite clay. I know I've been using a bentonite clay based from the Real Salt Company. I don't know if you're familiar with them. I but, am, uh, but yeah. Yeah, they've got an interesting one with bentonite clay that, uh, that's really good. It's got some essential oils in there as well. Um, and that clay acts, you know, it's a binder. So it kind of pulls, it's got an electric charge that helps pull some of the bad stuff that's in there. But uh, yeah, taking really good care of our oral health, you know, actually 
uh, crosses into helping strengthen and improve our immune system. So, you know, really, really good stuff as far as that goes. Now, you had mentioned vitamin C. Let's talk more about the role of vitamin C in the body, because a lot of, you know, we all think about vitamin C with the immune system, but it actually plays a role in a lot of different, different functions. Yeah, the vitamin C is incredible. And I'm such a nerd because it's my favorite nutrient. But I, I guess, yeah, there's evidence that it supports the immune system in over 20 ways. I don't know if you're a fan of Dr. Thomas Levy, but I've read mm. a lot of his books and it's, it's pretty um, impressive when you get into it. It's major roles in antioxidant though, like uh, most people understand. And that's really, really important because oxidative stress is one of the biggest predictors of aging rapidly and disease. And so when we have vitamin C who can come along and donate those electrons, donate two electrons. So essentially when you have oxidative stress, it's like internal rusting, right? And it's like when you leave an apple out on the counter and it becomes brown, that's what happens in your body because these molecules are unstable, but those electrons can come along and kind of donate. So having a really high quality antioxidant is imperative and that's what vitamin C is able to do. It's also really, really important for like carnitine and being able to burn fat. In fact, I was so shocked to find research that vitamin C can actually help you or people who have more vitamin C have less belly fat and that it might actually be a way to kind of protect against obesity and weight gain. So that fascinated me. And then it comes to like brain health because a lot of people might not know that oxidative stress is one of the leading causes of brain disorders, even psychiatric and neuro neurologic, things like um, Alzheimer's and Parkinson's and even mood issues like depression. These can all be um, related to brain inflammation. There was a fascinating study that even just in college students, taking 500 milligrams a day was able to reduce anxiety. And we know that uh, the RDA today is about 75 to 90 milligrams. And so that is a lot more than we're being told to take. And I think that we could go down that whole rabbit hole if you'd like. Um, but yeah, basically vitamin C's ability to donate those electrons and become an antioxidant and reduce oxidative stress, um, it has any number of benefits because it is one of the main drivers of disease and aging, so. I just wanted to take a quick moment to let you know that this episode of the Functional Nutrition Podcast is sponsored by our friends at Paleo Valley. They make the most powerful, pure vitamin C supplement you can get. Because unlike most vitamin C supplements containing synthetic ingredients that are created in the lab, Paleo Valley Essential C Complex is made from three of the most potent whole food sources of vitamin C on the planet. Nothing weird, just food. Check them out at paleovalley.com and use the coupon code JOCKERS, J-O-C-K-E-R-S, to get 15% off today. Yeah, just absolutely. So important. And you know, a couple other things came to my mind as well. One is energy. So adrenal function, energy, like the adrenals, you need vitamin C in order to produce your catecholamines, right? All your different stress hormones, keep blood sugar yeah. stable to help ramp up mitochondria function. So when you're depleted in vitamin C, you're much more likely to, to struggle with fatigue. So that's right. a big factor. And yeah. then skin as well, skin health, right? Because of the, the collagen production. Yeah, because you have to have vitamin C. You know, a lot of a lot of people are taking collagen protein, which you and I are both big fans of. You know, the, the amino acid balance in collagen and bone broth protein is great, but you actually can't make uh, collagen 
strictly from bone broth protein or collagen or even just those amino acids, you need vitamin C in that process as well. Right. I think that we don't give vitamin C enough credit. And just for the adrenal thing that you were saying, um, we know that whole food vitamin C contains something called tyrosinase, which is this like copper containing enzyme, which certain, at least one endocrinologist believes is kind of like an activating factor for your adrenals. And mm -hmm. so that kind of gets into, well, what about ascorbic acid versus whole food vitamin C? And it's a little bit different. And I just did this fascinating podcast with the name um, Morley Robbins. He's kind of like, yeah. the. I'm sure you know who he is. Them, yeah. Yeah. He talks all about copper and how essential it is for the energy production um, in our body. And we don't often think enough about the fact that this energy production lies at the very foundation of our immune system to be successful and to support us. And so, yeah, copper, it contains a lot of different compounds instead of just, um, just the vitamin C molecule when we're looking at whole food vitamin C. Mm. So, but yeah, vitamin C, um, it's amazing. I'm telling you, I've literally read, I think, five different books about it just this year. And if you look at the amount of research or at least clinical data in regards to the amazing amount of conditions that have been able to be reversed from vitamin C, um, it's not in double-blind placebo-controlled trials yet, but there's a lot of clinicians, everything from polio and herpes and pesticide poisoning and on and on and on. And we see it being used with COVID over in China. It's just, yeah. it's, it's incredibly remarkable and underrated in my humble opinion. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. And I also want to touch again back on collagen. You know, I mentioned skin, but we also have to think about joints, right? We have so many different people dealing with joint injuries, right? I mean, just uh, surgeries on MCL, ACL, Achilles. Athletes are hurting themselves more now than ever before. I mean, you yeah. didn't hear about as many injuries 20, 30, 40 years ago. Um, so there's just so many people injuring themselves. And, and really, as we get older, especially too, we think about injuries and pain in our body. A lot of it has to do with uh, inability to really repair the collagen tissue, which which plays a big role in all the joints, tissues, and vitamin C is a critical plays a critical role in that. So we definitely got to get the vitamin C. Let's talk about. You had mentioned how the RDA is pretty low for vitamin C, and um, why is that? And what really, what, how much vitamin C should we be looking to get in our diet, on a regular, our diet and possibly supplementation as well on a regular basis? I love this question. It's something yeah. that I've looked at because it, there was a time when I was taking the RDA and then I, um, in my holistic studies, when I was getting my master's, they encouraged me to just kind of increase the dose and experiment. And I noticed I do really well, especially mental health wise, if I have more vitamin C. So I had to be like, huh, well, I wonder where these came from. So what happened is back in the day, they realized that if we took, I think it's around 10 grams a day, we can prevent scurvy. Okay. And now the studies they looked at, okay, how 10 much? 10 grams, 10 milligrams. 10 milligrams, sorry, 10 milligrams. <laughs> 10 milligrams, yeah, no, that's a big dose. 10 milligrams will prevent scurvy. So when they were doing these trials to kind of just determine how much vitamin C that we needed on a daily basis, what most people would think is they looked at the level that would bring optimal health, right? But what they're actually looking at is how much vitamin C could your body take and not excrete it in the urine? Because they were making the assumption that if we were excreting vitamin C, that means that we weren't using it. And they were looking at like white blood cells because, and the problem with that is they will take vitamin C up rapidly because it's absolutely essential for them in a way that the other tissues in our body wouldn't. And what we know is like animals, mammals, a lot of them actually produce their own vitamin C today. Mm -hmm. 
at like goats, 10 to 100 times more vitamin C they'll produce in a day when they're under a lot of stress and they're still excreting it. And so what we aren't looking at with the RDA is what we need to do to be vibrant and our needs for vitamin C vary widely. I mean, you will need a different amount than I will need. And so I think it's very low to begin with, but also we have to take into consideration that these studies actually involved a very small amount of participants, I think around under 50 total. And they weren't representative of people who were sick and people who were elderly. Um, this was not like a really well done study. Um, and so you have to kind of get in there and figure it out on your own. Now there is some evidence that our paleolithic ancestors had about 400 milligrams a day. And this is whole food vitamin C, obviously they were taking. I think it's different when you're looking at ascorbic acid, which is the synthetic vitamin C that I was talking about in the beginning. So 400 milligrams of whole food C. Now I take on a daily basis about 400 to a, a gram of whole food vitamin C. And there isn't like a specific um, recommendation around how much vitamin C in whole food form is exactly how much vitamin C in ascorbic acid. But the one that I have heard is about a 10 to one ratio. And so you have about a hundred milligrams of whole food vitamin C to one gram of ascorbic acid. And so I take about a, a gram of whole food vitamin C. The other thing I do is make sure that I take it in divided doses because we do know from these studies that your body wants to absorb around 200 milligrams at a time. And then, um, and again, this is going to be different if you are having an infection or, you know, you're under a lot of stress or something, but I take it four to six hours apart so that my body kind of always has a constant supply just three times a day because it does leave your body and then you might not have the levels where you could be as protected. Yeah, for sure. That's a, that's a really good advice. Obviously dividing up the dosages. That's a really good idea with, with most supplements. Yeah. is, uh, you know, take them in smaller amounts, but multiple times throughout the day. Now let's talk about diet. What are things people can do in their diet to help improve their vitamin C levels? Like what are the best foods? What kind of nutrition strategies should they look at uh, applying in order to, you know, leach out less vitamin C, I guess you could say, or, or to protect their vitamin C levels? Yeah, what I would do is um, high quality fresh fruits and vegetables. And I mean, People say this all the time, but they've been doing trials back in forever trying to replicate the benefits that come from whole foods with synthetic supplements, and they just don't do it. It just doesn't parse out that way. And so, yes, what I do is I have a green shake every single day. In addition to, of course, I take mm. our um, essential C complex, but every meal of mine has some sort of fresh fruit or a vegetable attached to it. And so I'm just making sure that throughout the day I'm taking a whole food form. So for me, that looks like in the morning, probably my green shake. I always take romaine and some spinach and um, some strawberries. That's a great source. Um, kiwi is an exceptional source. Yeah. I've even read that you can um, take like two little kiwis before bed at night and it improves your sleep. I heard that. Hmm. I haven't tried it myself, but I've heard from multiple sources that that's a great strategy. Also bell peppers, green yeah. peppers, red peppers, um, yellow peppers, all the peppers are an excellent source. And then we have the cruciferous vegetables. So things like broccoli and cauliflower and Brussels sprouts, those are also exceptional sources. Yeah. Of course, we have oranges, you know, which everyone thinks is a great source. It's not actually one of the best sources. Yeah, you're right. 
Yeah, it's it is it's not a bad source, but just not the best source. And then you can add those superfoods, even if you didn't want to take our complex. I mean, something like camu camu or acerola cherry or amla berry. Those are some also some really really awesome sources. So you can get those in like a powder form and put them in a shake or something like that. Yes, yeah. and the greens, all your greens, yeah. they have a nice level of vitamin C yeah. in them too. So, and the fresher you can get them, the better, because we know vitamin C is an exceptionally fragile nutrient. And um, so we don't want it to be like around drop traveling that 1000 miles that a lot of times our produce will travel before it gets to our dinner table. So the sure. more local and the more organic, uh, the better. Yeah. Uh, so I've got a list right here on one of my articles, yellow bell peppers, yeah. 341.3 milligrams for a large pepper. So I would imagine that the red uh, probably has somewhat similar and the orange um, those, you know, when, once they're ripened, the green would have less, uh, guava, 125.6 milligrams per cup. Okay. Lemon and lime has 112.4 milligrams per cup. Although it's hard to drink a cup of lemon or lime. Strawberries, 97.6 milligrams per cup. You mentioned strawberries in there. Papaya, 88.3. Broccoli, 81.2 milligrams per cup. Kale, 80.4 milligrams per cup. Grapefruit, 71.8 milligrams per cup. And then, like you mentioned, orange, right, 51.1, even though that's touted as, you know, the most dense, has 51.1 milligrams per cup. And kiwi, you mentioned, that has 64 milligrams per cup. So, actually, kiwi is more dense in the vitamin C than the orange is. It's crazy, yeah. isn't it? And um, one of the ingredients here has a hundred times more vitamin C than an orange. So yeah, I mean, a lot of people are starting their day with orange juice, which I have a qualm about because most orange juices actually contain sugar too. Yeah. And um, that just competes for absorption with a specific form of vitamin C. And um, so yeah, it's not the best source to begin with. And then if it has sugar, you're really doing yourself in. And so whole foods. Yeah, well, absolutely. A low sugar, lower carbohydrate diet in general is one of the best things you can do to protect your vitamin C levels. Yeah. If you're on a higher carbohydrate diet, especially processed foods, you're going to need more amounts of vitamin C because you're going to deplete it. And uh, like you mentioned, I mean, sugar, basically we need insulin in order to get glucose, which is, uh, you know, the, the, what sugar breaks down to into our bloodstream, as well as vitamin C into the, into the white blood cell. And so we know that when you have a blood sugar of 120, then it reduces what's called your phagocytic index, meaning your ability of your immune cells to play Pac-Man and eat the bad guys. It reduces it by 75%. And so for some people, they might test their blood sugar in the morning and maybe it's, you know, in a normal range, 90 or so. Um, and 120, we would call that pre-diabetic. In fact, 126 is diabetic, you know, if you're 126 or above. And so you might have a normal fasting blood sugar in the morning, but most people, when they're eating a higher carbohydrate diet, like me, I used to eat Cheerios with a banana, skim milk, and a glass of orange juice in the morning that would spike my blood sugar up well over 250. And, you know, it might even take two or three hours like that before it would tank down. And so that whole time I was impairing my immune system. So one of the best things you could do is a lower carbohydrate diet, right? You talked about like that protein rich breakfast, um, really good idea because eating those types of protein rich foods are going to keep your blood sugar stable which therefore is going to allow your immune system to have a better affinity, your white blood cells, for pulling the 
um, the vitamin C and utilizing it within the white blood cell rather than the glucose. And so, uh, so, so important. I love that. And I just think that some, it was a big aha moment for me realizing because I was on a blood sugar roller coaster for a lot of my life and um, that your body wants to maintain homeostasis, right? And so if you're going up and down, think about the amount of reserves your body has to utilize to just bring you back. And then think about the other things that's not getting done, like your immune system and detoxification and just rebuild and repair. And so that really helped me, which is why I'm literally obsessed with testing my blood sugar and having my clients do it too. I mean, a lot of people aren't willing to do it, but if you are, it can give you such incredible insight because as he's saying, um, his blood sugar went up to 250, whereas someone else might have the same meal and it would not be that bad. I mean, generally that's a lot of carbohydrates, but I think the important thing is realizing that your response to specific foods is very individual. And so when you actually can test and make sure that you're not bringing it up to that 120 level. Um, and I've done that with my diet to find out exactly the foods that help me stay within the range that helps me um, just stay stable and let my body do the work that it needs to do rather than having to pull me back to homeostasis all the time. Throughout yeah, the day. absolutely. Really important. Also, another thing, intermittent fasting can actually be really helpful for helping you uh, basically need less vitamin C. So again, it keeps your blood sugar stable, your insulin level stable, less oxidative stress in the body. So all those reasons you're going to get, you know, basically you're just going to have better immunity, um, by practicing some level of intermittent fasting on a daily, weekly basis. So that's another really good strategy that I recommend. Yeah. Yep. I love intermittent fasting. I do it um, probably four times a week, at, mm -hmm. except for the week before my cycle. Right. <laughs> I let my body do what my body's got to do. It's a more intuitive approach, but I can tell you, I do feel much better and I get sick less. And for me, actually, it's not about 16 hours. I don't know about what your thoughts are on this, but um, sometimes I do 14 or 15 because there's a point when I can just tell that my body just needs a little more food. And I think for women, that happens more often, but yes, definitely having that window, allowing my gut to clear out and um, just allowing my focus to be on so many other things. It's, it's really beneficial for me too. Yeah, for sure. For, well, for menstruating women, when it comes to fasting, you, you, it, it's definitely a feast famine cycle and utilizing it around your 28 day cycle is important. So typically the day of menstruation, like day one through 10, um, those are good days to do intermittent fasting. If you want to do an extended fast, you know, any, anything like that, usually um, you're gonna get a good response. As you get closer to ovulation, you want to increase the carbs, maybe a little bit less intermittent fasting, things like that. Um, usually like day 12 to 16 or so is good for what we call feasting. And then day 17 to 22, you, we can dial it back down, right? More low carb fasting. And then that week before your cycle, you really need to boost up a lot of hormones. So that's great for feasting. So, um, so anyways, I have a great article on that. I talk a lot about that sort of strategy with it, which is important. And um, yeah, and just really listening to your body, I think is, is very, very important with this. And when you're very lean, like you are, you're very, very lean. That, those are very lean menstruating women have the most challenges with intermittent fasting on a day-to-day -day basis. So that's where you've got to listen to your body. Like you were saying, you're doing it like four days a week, you know, almost like every other day. So you're not overstressing your system. That can be uh, a really good strategy with that. Yeah. I can actually tell when I've been fasting too long, my body just yeah. like starts to hold on to stuff and um, my weight might even creep up a little bit. And I just, yeah, I just feel run down and then I know, okay, 
yeah. But yeah, generally, yeah, every other day has worked really well for me. And then giving myself grace in that last week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Feast. Well, that's that's ancestral feast, famine, cycling. Yeah. So let's talk about the um, the berries, the superfoods that you use in in your vitamin C complex because you used um, acerola cherry, right? So let's talk about that. Amla berry and camu camu. Yes, exciting. Okay, so as I said, acerola cherry is one of the richest sources of vitamin C in the world. And we do something really specific with ours. We actually source unripe acerola cherry because as I was talking about, the longer food kind of hangs out, the vitamin C content declines. And so when we can get it before it's ripe, that's why it has 100 times more vitamin C than an orange. And that's why other acerola um, cherry wouldn't necessarily have that amount. So we know one of the richest sources of vitamin C, you get all those incredible benefits. And then there's Camu Camu. And this is, an, again, another really, really incredibly rich source of um, vitamin C that comes from Peru. Now, they've done some interesting research. It's known a lot for its anti-inflammatory as well as antioxidant benefits. And they did this fascinating study in um, smokers that I just read about recently that I love to share because it goes back to using food as medicine um, rather than just isolated synthetic supplements. Now, I just want to preface it by saying I love all forms of vitamin C. If you can't afford food-based vitamin C, I hope you still take vitamin C. Um, I don't want to hate on vitamin C. I think that all forms are better than no forms. Um, but in the smokers, what they did was they took camu camu juice, and then they gave them vitamin C tablets, two different groups, and then they measured levels of oxidative stress and inflammation in their body. And they actually revealed that only the camu camu juice was able to reduce those markers of inflammation and oxidative stress. And the, the vitamin C tablets weren't. So I think that is really, really interesting research. And then we have amla berry. Now, amla berry comes from India, and it's one of the most revered berries in that country in Ayurvedic medicine, Ayurvedic medicine. And what they've looked at is like, diabetic control. I think in one trial, Omlaberry performed as well as metformin, which is a very popular diabetes drug. And they've also looked at like optimizing cholesterol profiles. Um, triglycerides were able to come down. And they're also testing it in like Alzheimer's, in mouse models of Alzheimer's, and finding that it's also very neuroprotective. And so what I love about these berries and these and using food in general is that you will not only get the vitamin C in the complex, you get all of these other benefits from all of these other foods um, at the same time, right? So where we have pharmaceuticals that have side effects, we get whole food that has side benefits. And so that's why we chose. Yeah. And, and the nice thing too, when you take it in a supplement form is you're not getting the sugar with it, Yeah. you know, yeah. because basically you've taken out the sugar, it's like dried. So they've taken out the sugar, you know, put it in the in the formula to where you're getting all the benefits without, you know, any of the possible, you know, anti-nutrients because too much sugar is an anti-nutrient in your system as well. Yeah, that's interesting because I was, I mean, this I'm sure you're familiar with that Loma Linda study that they did around the phagocytic index. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's interesting because most people think, okay, sugar is competing for vitamin C absorption, but it's actually carbohydrate. And yeah. in this study, they looked at glucose and orange juice and honey and, you know, these healthy um, carbohydrates, but all of them were able to kind of reduce, not the number of phagocytes, but the... Um, percentage of them that were actually working. Um, and so, yeah, I just wanted to say that, yes, it doesn't have the sugar in supplemental form. And also it doesn't have the carbohydrates that could interfere, even the, the healthy ones. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that is really important. We want to keep your immune system as strong as possible, really all the time, because you never know. Um, we're, we're always exposed to things, you know, in our society today, 
you know, our whole world has changed. People are wearing masks and social distancing and all this kind of stuff that's going on. But really, when we think about our ancestors and how our immune system has developed, it's really about getting exposure. You know, obviously, we don't want to jump in sewage. We don't want too much exposure. <laughs> we don't want to like sit there and allow somebody to just cough and spit on us. But at the same time, we want low levels of exposure to help prime our body. Meanwhile, we're keeping our body strong by doing the things we've been talking about, taking vitamin C on a regular basis. So we're ready. So our immune system is ready and that's what it needs. It's kind of like exercise. You know, we don't get in shape by avoiding exercise. You know, it's, you don't have less pain. This is for some people, they think, well, if I, you know, because you might have a little soreness after you work out, but if you never work out, you're gonna have a lot more pain as you age than if you exercise on a regular basis and less mobility. It's kind of the same thing with your immune system. If you just avoid things, then you're actually setting yourself up. You're going to be weaker and you're going to be more immune susceptible rather than embrace a level of exposure, but prep your body so you're ready to handle it. What are your thoughts on that? I love that because I can't remember... I can't remember the researcher, but I did read an article about, he's an extensive microbiome researcher. And he said, one of the best things that you can do is roll your child down on a New York City subway. Just let them roll <laughs> because they're going to get all of that inoculation. And um, basically these microbes are like trainers. They're like, they come in and they help our immune system like get stronger every time. And so we are on board with that. I actually cringe sometimes when I hear about people, this is just my own personal preference, cleaning everything with all of these sanitizers all the mm -hmm. time and just like the over sanitization. And so we use a lot of vinegar in our house. We also wash a lot of dishes in the sink, which is just a simple way. They've done research and shown that if you have a dishwasher versus you have that exposure, we have a dog. I encourage my kid to get out in the dirt and to play. Um, we don't even always shower every day. I mean, we are just, and we're making sure that we're not, when we go out in the sun, we're not, you know, wiping it down with soap because that even can interfere with vitamin D if you're doing that right away. And so, yeah, there's just a lot of simple ways that we try and get a little dirtier, but we're definitely on board with the more exposure is going to improve the microbiome health for sure around here. Yeah, absolutely. When you're taking something like your whole food vitamin C, you really shouldn't be worried about the exposure level. I mean, I think it's just common sense. You don't want somebody sneezing, coughing all over you. Um, you know, uh, just simple things like that. I think, you know, just uh, avoiding somebody who is really, really ill, right? Not getting maybe too close to them. It's a good idea. But other than that, being around other people is a good, is a good thing. Uh, being exposed, embracing people, getting dirty, like you were talking about, um, just so so important for our health. So definitely be sure to be doing that and um, and support your immune system. And so, you know, we talked a lot about the vitamin C and, and for those of you guys out there that are looking for uh, the Paleo Valley vitamin C, which is really the best whole food-based vitamin C that I've seen on the market, um, we do have a link for that in the show notes and you can use the coupon code JOCKERS, just my last name, JOCKERS, and you get 15% off your order. So I appreciate you guys setting that up for my community. Um, that great discount. And this is vitamin C that I take. I got it right here. Um, fantastic product. Have my family on this. And like you were saying with your son, he can't swallow capsules. So you just open the capsule and put it in a shake. 
Yep, with just a tiny bit of monk fruit because you'll see it's bitter. It's yeah. bitter. And we know that bitter, it, it's a good bitter, but for a little guy, it's kind of like, mom, do I really have to eat that? So yes, just a little bit in a glass with a little water and a little organic monk fruit. And um, he actually looks forward to it. So, And also it is the most potent natural source of vitamin C on the market that I know of. Like we said, with 70 and 90, 75 and 90 milligrams respectively for the RDA, we're hanging out more around the 450 milligram mark. And we did that because um, of our paleo ancestors and that research to suggest they were mm. taking in about 400 milligrams a day. And so, of course, you'll be taking in more because you're going to do the fruits and vegetables too. But um, yeah, that's why we made it so potent. Love it. So if you guys are out there, you're looking to help boost your immune system, uh, as well as give yourself more energy. We talked about that with adrenal health, um, obviously better skin, uh, better joint structure, better joint function and strength and integrity there, just more resilience in life. I would highly recommend taking vitamin C and I can't go wrong here taking Paleo Valley Essential C Complex, really good product. So again, check that out in the show notes. And um, again, use the coupon code JOCKERS for 15% off of that product. And Autumn, any last words of inspiration for our audience? Oh, last words of inspiration. I guess maybe I'll just tell you what I've needed to tell myself lately. And that's just that um, there will be an end. And um, I do think that while this is a very hard time, there will be some good that comes out of it. And that we all just got to hang on to the people we love and get that foundational, those foundational practices that will keep us well and that we'll all make it through this together. Yeah, that's right. And I think if anything, I think really COVID-19 has just opened our eyes to the fact that as a society, we are not healthy. And um, we just have too many people that are not healthy and they've been following unhealthy lifestyle principles for far too long because that's what our media teaches. That's unfortunately the... The information that's going out. It's not necessarily their fault. It's its really just the, the modern message. And that's why we need podcasts like this, why I created the podcast. That's why you're out there um, you know, on the speaker circuit, just getting this message out because there are things we can be doing to improve our health, to give us more resilience and allow us to heal naturally, to function at our best and um, you know, to not live in fear and to live empowered. And so for those of you guys that are out there listening, um, be empowered and go out and remember your life uh, is more it's more meaningful and more impactful than you think it is. So go out and make a difference. Be blessed, everybody. We'll see you on a future podcast. Well, that's all for this show. And I want to thank you again for spending your valuable time with me today. And if there was something you heard in this interview that you have questions on or you want to dive into deeper, then drjockers.com is the best place to go. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider taking just a quick moment and giving us a great review. Your reviews help us influence more people and transform more lives. And if you took something valuable away from this episode, then please share it with someone in your life you know it can help. We'll see you soon on a future podcast. Be blessed, everybody.